Thank you for joining me on another episode of Negative Space, the podcast where we dive into the uncharted and overlooked. I'm your host, Sean, and on this episode, we are sitting down with Charles of Woodchuck Custom Creations. Charles is an upstate woodworker who excels in creating unique pieces for a variety of customers. As you'll learn about him, Charles excels at taking what inspires him and his customers to create something quite possibly out of this world. But before we get into this conversation, here is a quick message from this episode's sponsor. Found at the end of the bricks at 308 Trade Street, Blue Ridge Brewing invites you to the heart of downtown Greer. Join us every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 for trivia that tickles the mind and tacos that tantalize the taste buds. Dive into their Taco Supressa, a trio of tacos always crafted to delight. It's a taste adventure waiting just for you. Blue Ridge Brewery, where flavors blend and memories are brewed. You mentioned that you worked in the nuclear industry. Yeah, I want to I wanna kind of go back to that. Yeah, if you don't mind. So you worked with breakdowns in service. Mm-hmm. When that sort of thing happens, what kind of things are you... Like, it's nuclear, so there's stuff you got to worry about, right? Mm-hmm. What are those sorts of things that you got to worry about? Well, in the nuclear industry, there's like a lot of checks and balances and contingencies and like, it's it's hard for something to go wrong. You know what I'm saying? They've mm-hmm. taken a lot of steps to make it like foolproof. Gotcha. I guess would be the best way to say it. So they actually will tell you, and this is one of the things I didn't like about it. They'll tell you that like, they never want to get into a creative headspace ever, no matter what. You know, it's just like, this is the procedure, you're a drone, we've done this a million times, do it a million and one times, and do not deviate from this procedure. But sometimes, you know, life happens and like something might be out of line, so that doesn't always work, and so that was problematic for me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm somebody who like wants to improve upon things, and it just, wasn't a good space for me. Wasn't there. Have you noticed any of that? Do you have anything that you have been inspired from your, I guess, industrial path? You, you've mentioned you do industrial type mm-hmm. work. Um, is that coming from all the work you did in there? Or is, that's just the kind of media you like to consume. Those yeah. are the kinds of things yeah. you like to see. Yeah, yeah. No, it has nothing to do with that type of industrial, no. Got it. Nuclear plants were built in like the 80s and 90s, and they're pretty old, so. Fair. Yeah. We just had one open up recently. Yeah. In yeah, Georgia, a, right? In Georgia, yeah. Yeah. I would like to see what the inside of it looks like because you walk into one, man, it's like if you walk into the control room or something, it, I guess you'd expect it to be like really fancy because it's a nuclear plant. It's not. It's like a switch panel which I guess like it's built that was the technology back then you know so like that's what they have and to change anything in the plant you need you need to go through like a mountain of paperwork and procedures so it's just easier just to keep rolling with what you got what you got got it 
but yeah, no, it's just, that's kind of just the style that I like. Sometimes I would like more traditional style woodwork mm. with everything being wood. Um, but sometimes I want more of like a, like an industrial slash modern, like a, some kind of steel base or something, you know what I mean? Like a mixture of wood and steel. Yeah. And I don't even do the steel, I, I sub it out to a guy, here in Greer actually. Okay. Yeah, Metal Art, Metal Art Designs. He does pretty good work. He does really good work actually. As a very, how do you say? I really like mid-century modern. Yeah. And I've noticed like some of your pieces have that kind of yeah. mid-century modern aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And it's really neat. Do you think you would ever like what is what are some of the challenges that mid-century modern styling presents? I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you, man, I've never even looked up what mid-century modern is. You just you just have a I design just, in your head and yeah. you go. Yeah, I don't go for any style. I didn't go to like, I mean, I guess if I would've went to like art school or something, like I could tell you a little bit more about it, but I didn't and no, I don't no, know. No, that's great. That and so yeah, I just have, I have what I think looks good and then I just go with that. And I don't know any of the design names or design types. That's awesome. I'm pretty sure there's, gonna be some woodworker that listens to this that's going like crazy but I look at that I'm like that means you get to just explore you don't have any like yeah. predisposition to being like well a shaker chair is this and oh yeah I don't blah, even know blah, what blah, that blah, means blah. and it, it's just like I don't either I'm just making it yeah up. <laughs> but I'm sure it means something yeah again yeah it's like but you have this anytime you get into something like this every outlet or expression of creativity or industriousness has a language around it. Yeah. And you don't even care. You're no, just yeah, that's a, funny. You yeah. are a maverick unto yourself <laughs> just going at it. Yeah, because, yeah, and actually now that you say it, one guy did say something to me about it. He was like, yeah, traditional farmhouse table means like this, 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 and that's what makes it farmhouse. And I'm just, I was like, I don't know. I don't know, man, I'm just calling a farmhouse table like, call it whatever you want. This is how I'm making it. Yeah. Don't call it a farmhouse table, I don't care. This is this is the design I'm making. Do you want it or not? What yeah, are we, this what wasn't even a guy, by, this was just a guy like, that did woodwork and was just like talking to me. Got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking through like, there are a lot of ways where, you know, your this community that has been brought around you and you've brought around yourself, where you all have a common language of what I would guess is probably more mathematical. Mm -hmm. Like you can hand someone as like you can go over to Ironhide Work. Mm -hmm. or no, that's not. Is it Iron Slab House? You can go over yeah. to Slab House and say, hey, look. Can you guys do this on your CNC machine yeah. for me? And it's math based. Yeah. Where, you know, maybe 50 years ago, that math hadn't been yeah. as. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely more just. I don't want to say like production based, but like. 
yeah, I guess math-based would be the best way to say it. I don't know how to say it, but I don't, if you were to approach me. It's all me, in like designs and stuff, right? Yeah, if you were to approach me and said, I really like mid-century modern dining tables, could you design me one? Mm -hmm. I would just say, why don't you send me five pictures of ones that you like? That way I don't have to even deal with it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because what do you do? You Google mid-century modern dining table and then you get a thousand different designs. Right. Well, also, you know, they're going to give you five designs. You're going to, I can already tell, you're going to look at those and you're going to see the things that are common in all of those that that person doesn't even know. Mm -hmm. They're just like, I like this. And you're like, yeah. oh, you like it because of the legs. Yeah. That's why you like those tables. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, send me what you like, and then so I can get a, kind of get an idea of what you're looking for, and then I will make you something that is better than what you had in your mind, I guess, if that makes sense. Charles, you are a woodworking algorithm. You realize that, right? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. <laughs> um, that is... because you're taking information, assessing it, and based on your customer reviews and the fact that you are continually getting work, like you are doing exactly what you should be doing. Yeah, I get work, and everybody seems to be happy with the stuff that I make, so haven't had any complaints. No complaints? I've No, I've never gotten a piece back. Or somebody's like, that's not really what I was looking for. Everybody's always, just about everybody's always said like, this is better than what I had in my head. And that's what I'm going for. Like, but, but because it's what I do. Like I had the eye for it. Right. Like I wouldn't go to an interior designer and she would say like, or she, maybe he <laughs> would say, <laughs> would say, um, you know, what do you, what kind of design do you want? I would kind of tell them a little bit about what I wanted. And then they would come up with a concept that was better than I could have imagined because that's what they do. Kind of the right. same thing. And I do that with furniture. Have you had any weird offers for payment other than cash? <laughs> no, I, well, no, not really. People try to like, some people have like, a couple people for some reason think that like an uncut tree that's like in their yard is worth a ton of money. And I try to explain to them, I'm like, to get like get it from your yard, take all the limbs off it, get it to a sawmill, even if it is like walnut or something, it is so much time and so much work. And then it's kind of dry. And so people have like said, hey, I had this like walnut tree that fell in my yard. If you make me a custom table from it, you can have the rest of it. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, I bet I can. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not a. Wow. So it goes that there's a whole line of unseen production before the wood even gets to you that your customer has no clue about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just make, think yeah. they just think you come over and you like whack it with a hammer <laughs> and it falls into place. Yeah, or you just cut it with a saw. Typically, with wood, after you after you initially cut it mm. on a sawmill, you have which to which is it. a massive operation. Yeah, like which is, if yeah. you've ever seen a sawmill, like yeah, that is so once, typically yeah. like a couple acres of land cleared out. Uh, well, it just depends. They have some mobile ones, okay. so you could probably cut it on site, but then you got to call somebody with a mobile one, but. 
it ends up being a whole thing. But after you cut it, then you got to sticker it and let it dry. If you're air drying it, the rule is like one per one inch of thickness, one year of drying. But you can kiln dry it as well. But even still, you're probably looking at a minimum five to six months before you can use the wood. In a kiln? In a kiln. And then after that, it re-warps because wood holds tension and then when it dries, it warps. So you have to flatten it. And after that, you release that tension, it warps again. And so it's just like, it's a lot of work to get to a flat piece of wood. Yeah. A lot of work and a lot of time. Because mm -hmm. that means those three inch thick boards, which you probably are starting a little bit bigger than three inch thick wood, yeah. right? Yeah, like if you wanted to, if you just wanted to do like a two inch thick tabletop, you'd probably have to cut it at least two and a half inches thick. And that would be two and a half years of waiting for that. Yeah, if you were air drying dry. it. Air dry. Which I got some pretty nice kilns now, but still. And that's not what you want to deal, deal with. I just you buy want to, dry you wood. You want to buy dry wood, yeah. you want to get it going, and you want to take it to the end yeah. product because that's where your passion lies. Like, yeah. That's where you want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to have a lay down yard full of wood waiting on it to dry. Mm -hmm. Also, then you, you also have to store it, mm -hmm. and then you have to maintain it so you have an inventory of that. Some guys do that, and that's cool. I mean, that's their thing. and. Just not my thing. It's okay. You don't. You don't have to go that deep. <laughs> Obviously, your um, community is showing that very, very well. Um, when are your busiest times for like? Well, I guess you're you're doing custom jobs every time. So at each job is going to be wildly different than the last, mm -hmm. right? So there's. Some industries, you know, like they have busy seasons. Mm -hmm. You just stay busy. Yeah, I'm pretty busy. Um, I'm almost caught up right now, though, but I got a few quotes out mm -hmm. and I'm feeling pretty good about them. So I'll probably just be back behind again soon, which good. I'm fine with. Good. Um, but when I do have downtime, I will make like cutting boards and stuff like that and try to stock up on them mm -hmm. for like Christmas season because people are going to want to buy the crap out of them. So you still do a little bit of that throughout yeah. the year kind of? I won't do them custom. Well, I have a minimum order. I have a minimum order price. And it's like, if you want to pay this much for a cutting board, then okay, I'll make you one. Mm. But it's going to be this much. And some people do. Yeah. Yeah. But just with like, by the time I go back and forth with you and then I pick out wood and then like I finish it, get it to you. And then it just, there's so much like negative time space mm -hmm. that you don't think about outside of the actual build of the product. Mm -hmm. And so like, I have to get paid for that. Right, of course. Cause your, your time is valuable. Yeah. When have you found the most inspirational place like or where have you found to be the most inspirational place for like you finding good like is it just on your phone like on your deck in the morning or do you I mean you traveled previously do you mm -hmm. still travel like going out and looking at new stuff looking at I still travel a good bit um, mostly on the phone though mm -hmm. yeah I follow a lot of woodworking pages okay. and like if somebody's, if I come across a page and they're good at woodwork, I'm following them. Mm -hmm. 
and then it just puts that into my mind, into my world. You know, maybe there's a design I haven't thought of, or there's new stuff coming out every day. Right. And what, so, oh, sorry. oh no, I'll just say it helps keep me fresh. Yeah. What is something that you saw in the last week that you're excited to try for? Oh gosh, I don't know. I can't think of anything in particular. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, I it's one of those things that like I'm thinking through like how you're thinking about all of this stuff and yeah. it just blows my mind. Like there's like this whole like catalog of ideas and like general shapes and mm -hmm. certain implements, like you know, there a table is different than from a chair. But how much is a table different from a chair? Mm -hmm. Is it 30% different from a chair? Is yeah. 60% different from a chair? Well, usually so, like, if I'm designing, if I'm designing a piece, how do I describe this? I try to have like a concept, like a base premise concept around the piece, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, so do like, I want circles? Okay. Like that one that I showed you mm -hmm. was like circular concept, circular top. Circular legs, circular legs on the chairs. Everything is curves everywhere. There's no hard corners on the whole thing. Or is it like super angular and I don't have rounded over corners anywhere. I just have 45 degree chamfers everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you, that's how you're going about it. So I'll follow like, I guess match is the best. I'll make it match the rest of the piece if mm -hmm. I'm doing a design. I don't know, like I follow a trend mm -hmm. for each piece. Yeah. It's almost like you you have this like general inspiration and you just slowly follow it through to the end. Mm -hmm. Like this like was you a, get a hint of like they always used to. I don't know. I mean, you. This was a really weird yeah. one that I made. I'm going to show you a piece that I made yeah. recently, and I don't know what my inspiration for this thing was. But this was totally just out of my head. Okay. Um, a little bit worried. Oh, it was this, weird. This is the one I saw. It's really weird looking. Um, so this is a, I, it's just like I am a side table. going, yeah, it is a side table, but it has spindly legs. Is that what? So the idea that, that I was going for was, it, I wanted it to look like a, like a single floating drawer separate from the base. Got it. If that makes sense. It but does. also look like a little bit like alien-y and yep. weird. I just wanted yep. to make something weird. It looks like it is going to walk across the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and it, I mean, it looks awesome. And it was a fun build. It, it is, it is angled. Like there are, you can tell like you had it all angled, but then you like rounded everything. Yeah. Everything is yeah, rounded. Yeah, everything off. is there rounded, is nothing, exactly. Well, I don't know if you pull the drawer out, what yeah, that looks square. like. But yeah, yeah every everything on the outside is rounded. external edge is rounded off. Yeah, even like the edges of the drawer where they go into the piece, which is pretty atypical. Oh. Yeah, oh man. So you had to, okay. So that's a little all... extra work. That's a little extra work. Yeah, most of the time, oh sorry. But it just like, it goes. Most of the time people, you know, they just go right into the in edge, yeah. 40, 45 degree angles. 90. 90 degree yeah. angles. Yeah. Yeah. That. But yeah. it just flows with peace, so I was like, there's a way for me to do this, I just gotta figure out how to make it do that. Right. So, taking your time, working through each one of those problems. Yeah. You deal with a lot of problems, don't you? Yeah, well like, so I originally designed that piece and like, I just put a square drawer in there. And I, look, I was like looking at my CAD, 
God, this just looks weird. It doesn't, it looks weird not in the right way. Okay. This is not the weird that I want. Right. I want like weird, but organic. Like it all goes together. Yeah. I don't know if you ever watched Mars Attacks yeah. when you were growing up, but that's what that was. Yeah, that's what somebody else of. said, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Very, yeah. very interesting. Like, I love it. Like, it's a great looking piece. Has it already been sold? Well, actually, I gave that as a gift to my dad. Oh. Yeah, so like, that was just, I don't know how many times I can say the word weird, but like, I wanted to make something strange and different. That would be a hard one to sell as a custom piece if you didn't just like come up to me and ask me for it because it's very right. strange. Right. So I just wanted to make it and then sell it. Mm -hmm. I did ask, I did have some people ask me to make them one, but it was very difficult to make. So it was, it was expensive. Mm -hmm. So yeah, nobody's bought one yet. Yeah. But I did have a guy ask me to design a whole bedroom set for him off that design. So off. I'm working on that right now. That's one of the problems I'm working on right now is I have a bed frame design to match that, but I like can't figure out the curves, how to make them, how I want them, but I will. So you gave that end table to your dad as yeah. a gift. Birthday? Yeah, I think it was Father's Day. Father's, Father's yeah. Day. Father's Day mixed with birthday. I think it was a little bit, because they're, they're pretty close to each other. And I was like, you know what? I spent a lot of time on this thing, so these are both of them. Got it. Does your dad do any work, woodworking? No, he makes awnings. Oh. Um, he has Anderson awning and canvas products, yeah. Okay. And Anderson. He doesn't physically make them himself anymore, obviously, but. Right. So how long has your dad been doing that? 31 years. 31 years. A long time, so yeah. he had a business. So you grew up. Yeah. So does he own that? Yeah. So you grew up knowing what it yeah. looks like to live in a house of a yeah. business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A business owner, for sure. Okay. So maybe that's why I'm like more drawn to it. Um, maybe. I just, I don't like the idea of, of working for somebody. Yeah. I don't know a better way to say it. I don't know if anybody no, does. No, we don't. It's it's the worst. <laughs> yeah. So if I could work for myself, if I could find a way to make it work, I will. Do you remember the first time you got frustrated with a piece and like, just had to like, put it, either destroy it or like start, first, destroy it, start over, or just like put it aside and be like, Not The first now. time ever? Yeah. I was having a million times, I don't know. Okay, you <laughs> yeah. do it a lot. You yeah, it, it happens you, a lot. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Because you're? I've trashed a few things. Okay. Yeah, actually on this, I'm making these two custom uh, butcher block carts right now. And I made like one half of the the base setup totally wrong on one of them. And like, I don't know a better way to say that. I messed up a significant part of it, a pretty yeah. big part so of the piece. So half the base basically. Yeah, is I could have maybe fixed it, but there would have been like, you would have been able to see that like something was where it shouldn't have been and then I went back and changed it. So I just trashed it and restarted from scratch. So 
That's frustrating. Actually, that piece you showed earlier, the weird piece, mm -hmm. the strange piece, if I remember correctly, that's like you synced the wood grain on that, did you? Oh yeah, so yeah. So how does that work? How do you get that? The wrap around the top of the yeah. box? Yeah, it's called um, like continuous grain or grain wrapping. Either way you want to say it, but, or waterfall, people call it all kinds of things. So pretty much you just, so you take a piece of flat wood, let's say if you're looking at a piece of wood on a table, you would just cut triangles out of it. Instead of cutting a 45 and then flipping it, you would cut two 45s and cut triangles out of it so the grain continues and then just piece it up like that. So it, it almost falls into place with the grain yeah, not the, shifting yep. any. Where like a lot of the woodworking that we see, I mean, is either painted or something like that. Yeah. But it's... But yeah, around the edge, it's just continuous grain. And when you have that stuff like rounds around the edge, it just looks better. Um, it's a little bit more work, but it looks better. I was about to say, do you do that in all of your pieces? Uh, yeah, usually I will. Usually will. Yeah. If, if I'm wrapping something around the edge like that, I will try to use continuous grain. Mm -hmm. And I won't even like ask somebody, because mm -hmm. it'll take like X amount of hours, so it'll be slightly more expensive for me to do it that way. But I'll just, this is how I'm doing it because this right. is the way it looks good. This is the way. This is the way you've designed it. This yeah. is the best way to execute yeah. this thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It is. After seeing a lot of woodworking growing up, and like just over the last. 15, 20 years of being an adult and buying stuff and going to other people's houses and seeing like the things they put in their homes. That concept that you're working on has always been more of the like visually pleasing. Mm -hmm. Like it's it almost like our minds are always looking for patterns. Yeah. So when your work literally puts your customers' minds at ease mm -hmm. at that level, like that's craftsmanship like yeah. that is thanks that is really well yeah it's just it's like you may not know why you like it better but you just look at this piece and you're like i like it better you know i go i don't know anything about art at all like i said earlier but i love going to art museums yeah and i'll walk past like you know 20 or 30 things and then i'll stop in one in front of one thing and i'll be like i don't know why i like this piece of art so much Yep. But I freaking love it. Yep. Something about it just it works. Just it just works for me. Pulls you in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And like that's what I want to do in my furniture. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have to tell you why you like it. But like with the curves on that drawer earlier, like you didn't notice it until I pointed it out, and you're like, oh, well maybe that's why it looks so good around the top. Yeah. 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 I didn't even notice that you had curved the drawer the drawer face yeah face, and then like it's inset into it inset inside of it so it is all and it's it's all following the same yeah angle arc around yeah and it's not something like you you don't look at that and go like i like the way that follows the same arc right you might if you're really looking at it but you just look yeah, at no. it and you're like i like the way this flows right yep yeah it's um 
like you said, pattern recognition. Right. Pattern recognition. Also, like, like we, like our brains are very lazy, and as soon yeah. as we can find that, like, oh, there it is. Yeah. It, it puts our minds at ease. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I haven't even thought about that before. That's interesting. Where is the like? You're building out your own shop. You have your own mm -hmm. place. Where is your favorite place to go to trick out your shop? Like, do you go for new tools like, and stuff? Do you go to like trade shows? Do you go down to like uh, uh, woodworking supply yeah, store? Probably or? woodcraft, man. There's a woodcraft in Greenville. And the guy who owns it, his name's Todd. He's super cool, super helpful. I bought a lot of stuff from there. Um, and that's probably, you know, where I get like, that's the only place around here where you can get like nice tools. Equipment. Yeah. If someone is not trying to be the next Woodchuck Custom Creations, mm -hmm. what, what are some of the like basic things that you feel like someone should have just to start getting into woodworking? I mean, a good table saw, a decent table saw is the number one thing that I tell everybody. And then a lot of people skimp on a table saw blade. Like, it sounds stupid when you say it out loud or until you say it out loud. But like the table saw is the blade. That's the saw. The rest of the saw is just what's pushing it. You know what I mean? So like everything yeah. aligns up perfectly, but like if you got a cheap blade on there, it doesn't matter what kind of saw you got. It's not gonna cut well. Yeah, but if you have a really- As well as it could. Yeah, exactly. So like whatever saw you got, get a nice blade. So I'm a big believer in that. And then I think if you had a table saw, a jointer, and a planer, you could make most things. People don't need to go out and buy any sort of dovetailing machines. No. Pre what are they called? The, I know they make something specifically for dovetailing. Um, maybe like a shaper is what you're thinking of. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I like I've seen them before where it's like, you know, you can put like two pieces of wood in this thing and it just does it. No, I haven't, like, I haven't seen that. What in the world? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's wild. It looks old and it looks yeah. like it looked like it was cast iron. Mm. Probably is cast iron. Probably because. Again, I know. But yeah, there's a lot of fancy tools out there, and I'm sure they're nice. But some of that super fancy stuff, man, it takes so long to set up. Got it. It would just be faster to just, get just a, do it. Do it, yeah. Yeah. So, good table saw, good joiner, mm -hmm. good planer. Planer. A decent, yeah. If you have like a decent one of those for everything. I think you could get by and get going and make some pretty nice stuff. Um, and the other big thing that I would say is like, a lot of people will, not a lot, but some guys will message me that are like getting into woodworking and they'll send me pictures of their stuff. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And usually, and I don't mean to say this like in a mean way, I'll just say like, it looks like maybe you need to slow down a little bit. Not saying like you need to make worse stuff, but like you can make this, but you need to slow way down and like really yeah. take your time on this because you're trying to accomplish it. I get like you're excited about building something and you want to see the finished product, 
but like, yeah. Typically, like the assembly of the piece comes almost last. It's like you make all the pieces and get them all sanded and get everything perfect and then start putting it together. Got it. For and like, if you're doing a, like a, a heavy wood project. Yeah. And because of, because of all of those steps, you have to think of, you know, from wherever you got that initial wood from to where you're going to be eventually putting it together at, yeah. there are variations of what's happening. Yeah, like, so that goes into take your time. So like plan out what you're going to do. Every single step should be planned out. Yeah, because like when you sand something, you're taking away material. Well, exactly. now you just took away material that yeah. it's not you much. may have counted yeah. on or you may not have counted on. Or if it's like maybe this is a, a surface that's going to be jointed to another surface so you don't want to sand this surface. But there are three other sides to this that you do want to sand. So like some people will remedy that by just like marking on a pencil where they want to sand and they sand away the pencil marks. Mm -hmm. And that's a good way to do it. But yeah, that's probably my biggest piece of advice is just like... Just slow down. Make a plan, slow down. Execute. Yeah. And I have to tell myself that constantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you do it? How do you plan? Me? Yeah. Personally? Is it, is it like on like I wish I, I really should be more is it on your phone like how do you mostly so, in my head on your hand in your on, in your head I'll just grab like a, a lot of times if I need to write things down I'll grab like a scrap piece of wood like just like a square mm -hmm. piece of plywood yep. and I'll start writing numbers down and then like that'll be on a table in my shop until that project is done and then it goes into the burn pile um, which hasn't been the best for me I probably should get a notepad because like if I make something and then I replicate it, I have to redo all that math. And I'm like, I already did this math. Like I already have these numbers figured out and like I could just zoom through and like set my stops on everything, but. That's right. Yeah, so you just set stops on like your chop saw and your table saw mm -hmm. and it becomes way faster. But if I have to Because you know you're gonna get that same yeah. movement every time. But if I do, yeah, if I have to do all the math then. It's just an extra 30 minutes or an hour of sitting down and like figuring it out. You certainly have a passion for woodworking, but what are some other, like a lot of people would look at woodworking as a craft, mm. um, but some people might just look at it as just like a general hobby. What are your hobbies as a woodworker? Outside of woodworking? Outside of woodworking. Mostly health and fitness related. I'm big into like nutrition and health and working out. I'm running a lot right now, I'm training for a marathon. So Marathon where? Kiowa. Kiowa? Yep. Okay. Kiowa Island Marathon. Wait, how long till that it's happens? December 9th. I think Ooh. it's like a hundred days or something away ish. Okay. Yeah. Marathon in December. Yeah. Have you done that run before? Or no. no. The only marathon I've done was inside of an Ironman. Um, so that was a way harder marathon. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the standalone marathon's harder. I haven't done one yet. I'll definitely be running faster. Because you haven't already... Been working out for eight hours, yeah. Right. 
Now, with you, did you finish your Ironman? Yeah. How long did it take you? 13 hours. 13, 13 hours, 50 minutes. 13 hours, 50 minutes. Longer than I wanted it to. Where was, where was it? Arizona. What part of Arizona? Tempe. Temp or is it Tempe or Tempe? I don't know. It's Tempe. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, no. Whoa. So I will Please say Please tell me not in the summer. It was in November. It was last November. Okay. But I will say this, and I feel like I have to say this, like redeem myself, but I don't. I know I don't have to, but I had COVID the week before. Mm -hmm. And so it slowed me down significantly. Yeah. So I was kind of pissed about the time, but I finished. It is, yeah. No, you finished. Like, that's, that is serious business. It was cold, yeah. So if you're familiar with the area, there's no lake around there. So we swam in the reservoir for Phoenix. It was disgusting. Sorry about that. It's really gross. Yeah. Yeah, they have the Salt River. That's about it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a reservoir. It go, the, the reason it's a river, quote unquote, yeah. with the air quotes, is, and a lot of people don't know this, but rivers in deserts are underground. Hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah, so like you go to the Salt River, you start digging, you get about four feet down, water starts coming up. Huh. And you're like, what the? It's wild because it's an underground river. Is that, so is that under Salt River? Well, no, the salt, like the part where it's you were- It's dug up into it. The part where gotcha. you were, yeah, they've, that's they've where the that. water flows out. I gotcha. Out if I remember correctly. That makes sense. But there are parts of this, that river where it looks just like flat And they land. probably use that to like drain the waste and stuff through into the river. Yeah, so. That water was nasty. Yeah. And nope. it was cold. Well, it's Phoenix, so yeah. that's what, seven million people? That was rich. It was cold too, it was 58 degrees. Not so it's just, yeah. It's okay though. How long have you been doing fitness competitions I just started triathlon training last year oh okay so this is brand new you you, you yeah you know you've been working on fitness for a while and you just decided to start doing competitions. I, yeah I started running like three years ago well I got into martial arts uh, like I guess three or four years ago Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu mm -hmm. and then I was pretty muscular back then and I was probably like 20 pounds heavier and there was like these really skinny little guys like beating the crap out of me because I was just gassed and winded. Well, they had more technique, but even if I had the same technique, they would still kill me because I had no stamina. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I need to start running or something. Right. And so I started running and then fell in love with running after like six months. And then last year I did my first half marathon. Loved that. And I was like, hey, maybe I'll do a half Ironman. Mm -hmm. And then so I bought a bike and started swimming. And then when I got like three months out from the half Ironman, I was like, I'm feeling pretty good. Maybe I'll do a full Ironman and just use the half as like a, a training day. And that's what I did. So. Cool. Yeah, I made it work. Not messing around with that. <laughs> no, you are messing around with it. You're like, I'll just, this is just be a trial. We're good. See how yeah. it goes. So we made it work. It was fun though. Good. Uh, I'm probably done with triathlon though. It was, uh, you just have to train so much, man. It takes, it consumes your entire life. I was gonna ask, how many hours a day are you training for triathlon? When we were peak training, it was like 16, 17 hours a week over the course of six days. Yeah. So average like three hours a day. Mm -hmm. 
but you know your Saturday will be like a seven hour bike ride. So it's really not average three hours a day. Oh, you have like one really dense day. Yeah. And then Still like, like hour and a half to two hour days. Got it. Which isn't too bad. It doesn't like seem if you, that bad if you like... already If you already have like your fitness built into your, your day, that's not bad. Well, but like, if you're trying to, if you already have like your entire existence and now you're trying to shoehorn in. Yeah, it'd be tough. Even still, tough. man, I've been working out forever, but going for a bike or like going for a swim is a whole production. It's not like running, you don't just put your shoes on and go. Like you gotta get your bike ready, make sure your tires are aired up, make sure your power meter's charged, get all your like fluids together and everything you need and just. But running, you just go. Running, you just put your shoes on and go. And that's why I love running. Do you run on, what do you run on? Concrete typically? Yeah, or? mostly asphalt. I'm in Greenville, so I live in, I run on the Swamp River Trail a lot. Okay. They really killed it with that trail. It's like 30 miles long, so. It might be longer now. Yeah, it's sweet. It goes from like five forks all the way to Traveler's Rest. Yeah, that's that's a good. Yeah. Have you ever done the whole thing? Not on foot, on bike, yeah. On a bike, okay. Um. Yeah, I haven't done any super long runs yet. Uh, that was going to be my next question. Are you thinking about getting into longer and longer runs? Not longer than a marathon. Yeah, that's okay. that's mine. I don't want to go longer than that. I had a friend that did ultra running. Yeah, that sounds um, tough. And like, I was just like, I don't. Why? It doesn't sound fun. I looked. I looked at like what she was doing to train for it and everything. Yeah. I was like, nope. Yeah. No, I'm good. That, you go run for like eight hours on a Saturday or something. No. Yeah, I think the one that I last remembered hearing about was like a 50 mile and it was more than 24 hours to finish. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Doesn't sound fun to me. Doesn't sound fun to me. Kudos to those people who do it though. Yeah. Um, if you, I mean, that's awesome. If, if you could get into something outside of like, you know, you were able to dilute time somehow to get it into your life and schedule, what would it be? Something else. Yeah. I really want to start competing in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, cool. But I just don't have the time for like getting the training days that I need. Yeah. I feel like to do anything well, you have to do it three days a week minimum. Mm -hmm. Or else you're just like losing knowledge and like muscle memory of it. Right. So like right now I'm running five days a week. I cannot. And then I also coach at the junkyard. Have you heard of the junkyard? It's like no. a group fitness place. It's really cool. But I coach cool. there. So I do their workouts and then lift a little bit. So my energy points are pretty much maxed out. Like I don't have any more energy points to give. Yeah. Even if I did have extra time. Got it. Yeah, jujitsu is one of those things that consumes. Yeah. And it doesn't like doesn't give back. Yeah. It's so much fun though. It is. It is a lot of fun. You do you do a good bit? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, right up here, they've got a place. So. That's awesome. Yeah. It's fun, man. It is. I, I, I didn't ever do any martial arts until maybe a year and a half ago. Nice. And then I got into it. I was like, oh yeah, no, this is why. It's so much fun. So much fun. I think it's interesting that people will um, 
you'll go to a martial arts place for the first time and it kind of answers a question of can I defend myself and the answer is always no. Never. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. realize how weak you are when you go to a martial arts place for the first time. Yeah. And people are either leaning to like, okay, I would like to become obsessed with this and be able to like feel more confident or I would just want to forget this experience ever happened and never come back again. Yeah. People are never in the middle. No, there's no, oh, this was fun. It's like, well, and I, I think I was talking to, uh, I interviewed one of the guys from my jujitsu yeah. class. And like every time you roll with someone, it is literally like if, if, you, if you didn't stop, if you weren't allowed to tap out, that's death. Like yeah. You are literally sitting down to fight with death. Yeah. And you don't know how. Yeah. If, if that isn't there, like you'd better be really. That's why you want to forget that experience. Yeah. Well, that's why I talked about too with like stamina. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know as good as I do, like if you're in a fight and you get winded, you're dead. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They're going to take your back, you're gone. So yeah, high. or just whatever. They might just stomp you out. I mean, yeah, you know, if you get winded and you can't get up and you can't breathe, I don't care how tough you are, mm -hmm. or even how weak the other guy is. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, endurance is a huge part of, um, I guess, protection, mm -hmm. self-defense. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and not always does running translate. I'm guessing you're running for more of your mm -hmm. stamina, but it doesn't equally translate to yeah. jujitsu or no. other areas of life. No, not stuff. not all the way. A it's little, a little bit, bit annoying, but it, it does good, help. Yeah. It gives me a really good aerobic base to start yeah. with. But like with jujitsu, is like super high intense. You know what I mean? So you got to be able yep. to like you use get a lot of energy in. fast. Yeah. But I'll do running workouts like that, yeah. where I get my heart rate super high and try to maintain it for X amount of time. So I, it does help me in that respect. Cool. So I guess it just depends on what kind of workouts you're doing. Right. But yeah, I think sport specific, you have to do that sport. Yep. Because then it, it's just a issue of how comfortable are you with it. The less comfortable you are, the higher your heart rate goes. Yeah. And so the less time you have before you're out of breath. What, where are you in your jujitsu journey? I'm still a white belt. You're still a white belt? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get smashed. It sucks. But yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things where, like, you can have that camaraderie of yeah. basically being the worst person in the class. But then, yeah. I don't know how y'all have your setup. But like as you move up through your rank, mm -hmm. you slowly move from like the short end of the line all yeah. the way to like the bigger kids and stuff. It yeah. feels like very, I don't know, elementary school-ish in that yeah. realm. Yeah. But you look at the people in that, and I don't know how your gym is set up for it, but it's everyone in every sort of walk or like part of their life like it's you'll see a bunch of young people at the far end of the very advanced mm -hmm. and you're like whoa how'd they get oh well they're you know 20 years old and they've been doing this since they were 10 yeah. so yeah that's where they're gonna be you're here sorry yeah, yeah. and they're gonna beat you up yeah for the next 
six to eight weeks yeah. while they smash you and you slowly learn how to do better. Yeah. What has been one of the most humbling experiences with jujitsu for you? Humbling? Yeah. Oh, I think when I, like, well, just to go back to when I first started, um, just with like some of these guys that were so small and skinny and they would just get me in a way that I couldn't move. You know what I mean? And like there would be nothing I could do about it. And even like girls that were like blue belts, I'm not to say like some of them girls are tough as hell, but like these girls were like blue belts, purple belts and up, man, they were just beating the crap out of me. And I'm like, man, I'm not anywhere near as tough as I thought I was. And I'm still not, I'm still not tough, but like I know the basics of defense. Yeah. You know, even like doing jujitsu for, I've been doing it on and off for years. I've never like stayed committed to it long enough because I'll get like wrapped up into triathlon training or wrapped up into like marathon training and like I just cannot commit the time to it. But doing it on and off for a few years, um, I'm pretty confident that somebody bigger and stronger than me, if they had like zero martial arts training, mm-hmm. I would have no issue submitting them. Right. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. because they're gonna do all the wrong things and fall into like the simplest traps. Yep. And yeah, it's just. Well, the first, the one thing that I realized that people don't get is, is no one protects their neck. Yeah. Like that's, I'm like, what? You're dead. Bye. Yeah. Or even like their arms. People just give you their arms. Yep. Yep. Keep it nice and tight. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, what has been your biggest victory through jiu-jitsu so far? Like mentally, mentally, mentally. like, cause I know there's that, there's that puzzle game. Everybody who gets into jiu-jitsu, that, like on and off, like you, there are certain puzzle pieces. You're like, oh, there it is. It clicks in your yeah. head. So what's, what's been your favorite one of those like clicking moments for jiu-jitsu? Um... So like for me, it was when I realized that giving someone space is a bad idea yeah, yeah. most of the time. Yeah, you gotta close it on them. You gotta close that space and you gotta be very heavy. Like yeah. it doesn't matter like. That's a, yeah, I like, that was a hard one for me to realize, being heavy on people. Um, there's just like a few moves and like a few positions that I just have gotten good and comfortable in. You know what I mean? Um, like in the octopus guard from, from the half guard position. I went over that for like weeks in our class. And I just said that if I get, even if I'm in closed guard, I'll get the half guard, then get the octopus guard, and I can sweep, you know, most like blue belts and lower. Not the really good guys, probably, I'm not gonna sweep them, but. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. You're like octopus guard, I'm like, what is this? Like, yeah. I'm gonna be researching this later. Yeah, like, yeah, look it up. It's a fun one, because a lot of, I don't think a lot of people know about it. Okay. And so like when I get there, it seems like you have the upper hand, but there's like there's just a lot of stuff I could do from there. Cause that like in my head I'm like the only thing that I could think of is similar is spider guard, but that's no, probably it's, not it's at all. It's way different, yeah. So way like different. if we're in if we're in half guard, um, and I'm like you're to my left, like wrapped up left yeah. to left. Pretty much, I would like I would drag your arm, I would arm drag you, and then shoot up and reach around and grab your waist with my left arm. Got it. And so like immediately, like you would put your shoulder down and try to 
push me back to the ground, which that's what you should do. Should do. But there's a lot of moves that I could do from there. Cool. Just because I have that, when I have that waist control. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the other things with jujitsu is, and this is like kind of what we were talking about with the recreate. Like you kind of go through this cycle. You do the thing. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, I didn't do a good enough job there. Yeah. Let's do it again. Yeah. And like it's this constant drilling. Yeah. And Until like, you just do it without thinking about it. Exactly. That's the game, yeah. If you yeah. can do something without thinking about it. And I bet, like, do you see that same sort of thing through your woodworking? Um, yeah. Like, yeah, you just do stuff without thinking about it. I mean, like, that's with everything. You know exactly, like, this is the best way to do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, like, one of the moves with jujitsu that I don't, that I don't ever think about is I'll go for this submission every time is the um, the bow and arrow if somebody's in, if somebody goes like turtle, mm -hmm. have you done that bow and arrow, like this, the rolling bow and arrow from there? No. So like if you're in turtle, I'll cross crawler, I'll cross crawler with my right hand to your left side, and then if I kick my leg under and grab your knee, it puts me, it puts you directly into a bow and arrow choke. And it's oh. quick. But like if, once you get super familiar with that move, I can get that same motion from a lot of different spaces. Like if I see that space open up, mm -hmm. even if you're not in turtle, I'm gonna grab there and roll through and like and just it. try to get that cross collar choke submission. Yeah. And I don't even think about it. Nope. I just like see the opening and go for it. Yep. And I've got some um, upper belts with it. That's always fun. It's fun, yeah. It's like a, it's a good <laughs> confidence check when you when you submit somebody who's not a white belt, yep. you're yeah. like, okay, maybe I'm learning something. A little bit, just a little yeah. bit. Not too much, don't get, yeah. don't get. Don't get too confident. Don't get too confident, don't get upgraded to a blue belt. Yeah. Don't don't get that promotion, because. That's what I say, I don't want to be a blue belt until I can beat all the other blue belts. That's like my thing. Yeah. Because I want to be like, I don't want to be like the dead, I don't want to be the blue belt that's getting tapped by all the blue belts. You know what I mean? And yeah. some of the white belts. Yep. I want to be like upper tier blue belt. when I get there. Ready to roll. Yeah. Cool. Because I, I have no problem with the belt color. I don't care. No, it's, it's, the thing, it, it's, the thing is, is the belts are an indication as to your knowledge yeah. of jujitsu throughout. Yeah. So when you're a white belt, you don't know anything starting off. Mm -hmm. By the time you've got a couple stripes as a white belt, before you go to blue belt, like, you know, sweeps yeah some sweeps you know some submissions you know you know kind of this general idea but yeah outside of that like yeah i don't yeah but it sounds to me like you're probably getting close to that i don't want <laughs> i don't want yeah i'm like my thing is i don't want to get that belt until i can absolutely just prove yeah that that's what i because you have. know those purple and brown belts are going to come right for you yep that, that's the scariest thing. You're like. Yeah, yeah. One guy, actually, I was working at a gym in Washington, and this guy, um, he was like a purple belt or a brown belt. Huge dude. And like jacked, not fat. And um, he's got me like damn close to this arm, par arm bar submission. I like had my wrists locked, and he's like pulling on my arm. 
and I'm just like, I was like, tap, 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 because I can't tap. I was like, I'm about yeah. to let go, dude. I'm tapping. Please do not jerk my arm. I'm like saying these words. Yeah. And so I let go. He freaking slams my arm back. My elbow popped like four times. And yeah, it just like messed up my tendons. I went and got, um, I had like some tendon ruptures, nothing that I had to have surgery on. But I couldn't work out. I couldn't do pull-ups for like five months, six months, something like that. It was crazy. It took forever to heal. And that's one thing that I hated about it. You know, martial arts is going into a new gym and like, you just don't know who you're dealing with. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. But I mean, that is, you know, you're, con you're continually getting better. So that helps you kind of get a yeah. much wider experience rather than like there are some people, you know, they only go to one gym. Yeah. And they'll go to that gym until they're a black belt. And it's like. And sometimes, yeah, that. That can be helpful. But if you're only fighting, if you're only it, competing with the same people. I feel like it gives you like a false sense of like. It's a, positive it's a positive feedback loop. Yeah. So basically you have you like a false sense of skill because you know everybody's moves. Right. It's like when I roll with Sean, I know he's gonna try this, this, and this, and this is how I do that. Yeah. Yep. This is how and I get know, away from that. You yeah. know like also like physical levels of yeah. like, you know, he's only gonna be able to go three minutes and then yeah. he's gassed, then I yeah, that's true. don't even worry about it. So just stay alive mm -hmm. until that point hits and then you'll go. Yeah, but when you're rolling with just random people, then... If it's a no, new rando every time, there's maybe not always the best. It's, yeah. a, it's, a great, it's a great teacher because you're exposed to a lot of variations that a lot of other people wouldn't be. Yeah, but it sucks when you get hurt. It does suck when you get hurt. Five to six months, you couldn't do pull-ups. Man, and that sucks. How did you, did you, like, you just had to let it heal? Like, yeah. what... Yeah. Just iced it. Iced it. Yeah. After like one or two months, I think, maybe like six weeks, I could do like bench press. I could do pushing motions. Okay. Um, but the pulling on it was what really, really hurt it. And I was doing a lot of running back then anyway, so I was running a lot. Well, that helps. But you, were still getting, you were still being active. I love doing pull-ups, so I was pissed. Yeah. How many pull-ups can you do? Without stopping, yeah. right now, probably 25, 24. Cool. My record is 30. Was, yeah. Which way? Just, Just yeah, overhand. Okay. Yeah. But to get from like the 20s to the 30s is a lot of work. Yeah. Once was, you get a 20, it gets real hard. I was going to ask, because like, I am pretty, I can hit 15 consistently. Mm-hmm. And I feel terrible. Once you, yeah, once you get a 20, that's when it gets, it that's starts, when you starts start. getting pretty hard, yeah. Okay, okay. The way to, if you really want to do more pull-ups, just do weighted pull-ups. What? Yeah. Winded? Weighted. Weighted pull-ups. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then so you'll be you, able to bang out a ton like of pull-ups. Like a I use like weighted, one of those dip belts. Yeah. Those but I just use it for pull-ups. Dip belt pull-ups. Yeah. So you do more weight on that, and then when you drop the weight, you can do more. You can do more pull-ups. Well, the best way to gain strength is like is that okay. to push heavier weight. So it's like if you want to bench press more, you put more on the bar. 
you want to pull up more, you, you got to add yourself. weight. You don't just do more reps. Yeah. It'll get you can do more reps, but you it'll get, get you there fatter, faster. You either get fat. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, you strap something, strap on like weights with yeah. what you're doing. It'll get you there faster for sure. Got it. What got you into fitness? Do you remember? I don't know, man. Just it, I think it starts out like every guy just wants to be jacked, and it starts out being vain, mm-hmm. you know, and then it starts to be like, oh, like this feels pretty good. I like the way this feels. And then it's just like everything else. You start right. eating healthy, and you stop drinking alcohol, and you're like, I like the way this feels. This feels better than getting drunk on the weekends, and this yeah. feels better than eating cheeseburgers every night, uh-huh. which I still eat cheeseburgers a lot, but not fast food cheeseburgers. Right. You're making them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So you just realize how good something feels and I'm not going back. Good. Well, I think I've got all of my questions answered, man. Yeah, I'm ready when you are, man. I enjoyed this. Charles, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. You are a, there are a lot of things about like just your personality and industriousness that you have that I think is a great example of what we want our upstate to look like. Sweet. So I think I thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming and talking. And um, what are some things, do you have any showing shows or anything like public events where the community could come around you coming up here soon? Nope. Or you're just plugging I, away yeah. at your mini yeah many projects waiting for yeah i should get into some of these fall shows coming up and i may get into some of these greenville things but um some of them are hard to get into man yeah it's it's just like it's an industry now yeah and then it's like do i want to do all that work to get into this show that becomes a whole thing with like how much time do i want to allocate towards that yeah but i may okay well when you do, if you do, let me know. I will. And we'll put it out there for you. Sweet. Well, you go have a good evening. Thanks, brother. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Charles. There's much more to come from the rest of this interview with Charles. If you'd like to see his work, links to his Instagram and his website are in the show notes. Please remember to subscribe and share negative space with someone who might be interested. I hope you all keep up being great neighbors.